heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. I think the big news coming into you today, or a very interesting point at least, uh, is Tulsi Gabbard's uh, comments, her video, uh, her pronouncement that she is leaving the Democratic Party. Uh, she it says a whole lot in here, calling it elitist cabal. But the bigger point is calling them warmongers. That's what got my attention and referencing nuclear war and all of that. And I thought that was quite interesting. Now, you might ask yourself, what took Tulsi Gabbard so long? You know, right? I mean, you know, remember she was in the House of Representatives. She retired from there in 21. Now, let's take a look and listen to Tulsi Gabbard. This is her brand new. This is her comments and her video that I want you to hear uh, that uh, she puts it out there. Uh, doesn't mix her words pretty well. It's pretty strong comments here. Listen in, please. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. It's pretty safe to say that she will not be invited to the Democrat Christmas party this year, to be sure. Uh, she's going to be on their hate list and they'll be finding everything about Tulsi Gabbard. Now, what's interesting is she didn't join the Republican Party either. She didn't really get into any political affiliation, at least at this point, she didn't. Now, what does that mean in the big picture? Whether she stays an independent, which a lot of people are doing. In fact, that's the biggest growing piece of the population in our nation right now, believe it or not. It's not the Republican Party, surely not the Democrat Party. It's the independents. That really is becoming its own movement now in our nation because people, Americans, are on to the dysfunctionality and the chaos of both of these political parties. But the focus today I want to talk to you about when she calls them out as an elitist cabal uh, of warmongers, warmongers, mind you, warmongers. That's some pretty strong language there. Driven by cowardly wokeness. I mean, can you argue with that at all? Who divide us by radicalizing every issue and stoke 
anti-white racism, actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms. I mean, this is crazy, people. Hostile to people of faith and spirituality. Demonize the police. Protect the criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans. Believe in open borders. Weaponize the national security state. state, state. Go after political opponents. I mean, can you hear all of the words I share with you and Tulsi's words? I mean, that pretty well sizes that group up, doesn't it? You, you know, it didn't happen overnight. So there had to be a tipping point to Tulsi where she finally got to a point and said, I, I can't do this anymore because it's real hard for a lot of these cats to leave their political party. It's, 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 their, it's their religion. You know, it's their political religion. And many of these cats, it's because that's how they were born. You're, that's what's a little crazy about this in our country. You're born into this and your grandmother and great-grandmother and great-great-grandmother were Democrats or Republicans, so you need to be one too, right? We need more of these people to wake up and understand what's going on because our political parties are a cancer in our nation. They have sold out the American people, to be sure. But you look at the comments, I mean... This didn't happen overnight. This has been building for years. I mean, all of the, the things that Tulsi points out are very, they're all accurate. They're not arguable points. And when you sum them up and you put them in a little paragraph like this, it shows you how screwed up that political affiliation is. Now you want to think about why aren't more like Tulsi Gabbard leaving the Marxist Democrat Party? Why? Why? Because of their grandmother or great-great-grandmother or some sort of political religion? Or are these people just stupid and have the lowest possible form of IQs, I wonder, you know? And then when she ends it and says, dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. See, that's some of the conversation I've been having with you in past days and weeks. Where are we on this front? And the problem is the void of leadership we have in our country is creating this vacuum of leadership. Uh, that, you know, historically we've seen when we've had real leaders, they're able to get to the table and begin to find those solutions to be able to solve the problems of the world, which are de directly going to impact the United States of America. You see, I mean, that's our role in all of this. We don't we don't we don't survive otherwise if America doesn't fulfill its duty. Uh, you, you see, within the world, that, that doesn't mean we're nation building and it doesn't mean we're neocons and we're getting involved. And that doesn't mean any of that. That's rubbish. Let's bring on Ilana Friedman now and talk about these comments about war. Ilana, she uses some pretty strong language here. The words warmongers, it, and let me say the reason that's not lost on me. You don't use that kind of vocabulary when you're talking about your friends or your allies or people you admire or think anything of. You don't use that kind of language and call them warmongers, amongst other things in here. This was pretty strong language. And then her saying, Dragon is even closer to nuclear war. I just wonder what took her so long it might just create some sort of an exodus in that party here. So what, how do you, what do you think they're thinking about her, first of all, and, and, the, and then the relationship to the exodus, please? I, I think, Malcolm, that probably she has been 
um, a, a considered a, a defector from the Democrat Party for some time. Uh, I've seen her on Fox News a lot, and I keep wondering what you just said. How? What took so long? This is a woman who should have left the party a long time ago because she clearly did not share their values. Uh, and her values are much closer to the things that you and I think are important. Uh, the, this love of country and, and of the tradition and the values that our country has always stood for. So when she says that she is leaving the party and then she calls her fellow, her former fellow Democrats warmongers, um, that's very strong language. And I think it's something that says a great deal about who she is. She's calling it like she sees it. And, you know, it's, it's interesting when Donald Trump, who was the target of every Democrat on the planet, uh, when he was uh, president, the four years that he was president, we did not have a war. America did, was, did not participate in any war on the ground. And yet it didn't take Joe Biden any time at all before we were involved in the confrontation with China and with Russia and with uh, um, uh, you know, the, the, the whole situation with the Ukraine, we're deeply involved in that. And everything that, that, uh, Donald Trump did as president to keep us out of war, Biden has turned around and we are in the midst of not one, but probably several wars. Mm -hmm. And this is something that this is why she is able to call them warmongers, because yeah. that's what they are. Yeah, that point is lost on a lot of people, actually, that you just say. And it is really ironic, and it is worthy of pointing out and slowing the tempo down slightly with what you say there, because, you know, I'll remember leading up to the 2020 with the Hillary Clinton. Um, uh, well, that was actually uh, in 2016, uh, the Hillary Clinton and uh, the uh, Donald Trump campaign. And I recall the biggest fear was that Trump was going to get us involved in a lot of wars. I mean, they really they were referencing him at that point as a warmonger and that we were going to end up in all kinds of trouble. And yet, historically now, if you look back to the multiples of presidents in the past years, Ilana, as I recall, he is actually, and I don't know how many years this is, but it's been quite some time. Every president in recent modern history has pretty well engaged or gotten his involved in some sort of a conflict around the world. He was the first president, it is duly noted now, that did not do that. That is a remarkable accomplishment for a man they said was going to have us so tied up into war around the globe. That is a remarkable point to reference to listeners so you know this and remember that. That's very true and accurate, the information I say there. Now, now we see we're sort of getting there, but what's really going on? To make the leap now is to what's happening around the world, Ilana. And, and we can dive into a few of these subsets of problems that we're dealing with here. And, you know, I'm almost wondering one day when we're going to wake up and find out that, you know, God forbid, missiles are being launched somewhere and something has transpired for a whole host of reasons. And we took our eye off the ball. And it's my biggest fear for humanity and for what's taking place here whether somebody would do the most uh, foolish thing, but 
a lot of people right now have access to these things and and they're looking at whether it's tactical. In fact, I was talking to Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer on viewpoint of the weekend, and he tactically, there's a lot of conversation that Russia would really use them tactically, especially since they're losing so much uh, or having troubles with Ukraine on the ground. And people dispute this all the time, of course, and argue the point a lot. But uh, could that really transpire or happen? How close are we really to war right now, do you think? Well, let me just establish a baseline here. We were talking about Donald Trump, and he adopted Ronald Reagan's um, a value of peace through strength. And what he did, and what Donald Trump did, was to establish for the United States a position of strength against anyone who would try to... Um, uh, destabilize the world, which is what's happening now. So what we have with Joe Biden is just the opposite. He has been probably one of the weakest presidents we have had since Woodrow Wilson, maybe, or before that, if ever. I, I don't think anybody has been president who has been so completely debilitated from the point of view of, of evoking a sense of strength, power, for the United States as Joe Biden. So what we have now is because he is so weak and because he does not pose any particular threat to anybody else in the world, uh, you have China, you have Russia, and you have Iran, just to, to name the, these, the, the most, the most uh, vehemently aggressive um, enemies of the United States and of democracy. Uh, and they are all threatening the United States and the world with nuclear destabilization. They are threatening us with nuclear um, nuclear weapons. They're threatening us. They're thre obviously Putin is threatening Ukraine. Uh, China is threatening Taiwan. Uh, it, you know, and and all of them are building their nuclear resources. So what we have is a very dangerous situation. And then on top of that, you have three dictators. Uh, in each of those countries who are, I, I think, certifiably nuts. <laughs> it, there isn't one of them who is really uh, capable of, of looking at these situations rationally, at least not from the Western point of view, and saying, uh, you know, this is not a good idea because every one of them is, is rattling their sabers and, and preparing their nuclear weapons and threatening the world. And they don't care how many people they kill and they don't care how much they destroy. Look at what Russia is doing in Ukraine. They're yeah. targeting civilian areas. They just did it again this morning with missiles in the middle of rush hour on civilian targets n with absolutely no military value. This is these are people who simply don't care, and I think they're they're all insane. Well, you're talking about the um, the response that Russia did uh, for the um, the problem on the bridge there, right? Uh, well, well, in yeah. Crimea, there, yeah. There was there was yeah. a single bridge. There is a single bridge between yeah. Ukraine and Crimea, and um, it got blown up um, over the weekend, and so. They have now um, uh, a, a, dam a damage to their infrastructure because Crimea is very, very important and they need some kind of a bridge to get into Ukraine from Crimea. 
Uh, and and um, so it got blown up, presumably by the Ukrainians. Well, it's still operational. It's not totally blown up. It's just damage. Yeah, it's it was one damage. Side, one, one, yeah, one side of it is, is yeah, blown right, up. Yeah. Right. And and uh, but what we have now is they came back and they are going to punish Ukraine. So right. they're bombing civilian re- areas, including in Kiev, and and it's it's it, it's it's not it's not rational. Why would you want to take over? a country mm-hmm. and make it valuable to you, but destroying it completely in the process, that, that that's not rational by any standard. Well, there's been nothing rational, though, about Russia from the beginning, Ilana, to well, be fair. that's my point. Yeah, that is exactly there's nothing point. rational about it. Everything they've done has been very irrational, and Putin is a very irrational fellow, uh, for sure. Um, the comments about the warmonger that Gabbard puts out there, let me, let me step back a minute with you now and ask you this. What, you know, I mentioned up front, and I'd like to, you as a political student of the game here and understanding uh, the the geopolitical atmosphere that we live in uh, and the political machine and the uh, industrial military complex uh, that exists. I mentioned up front the word distractions, how they pivot. and, And this is just what happens in the world of politics. It's always a pivot. Uh, it's really the downfall of uh, our system of, uh, it's one of the actual downfalls of our system of governing uh, versus uh, the advantage of some of these other uh, dictatorships and uh, third world shitholes don't have that problem, Milana, you understand? Uh, You know, I'm just calling it as it is, not suggesting that's the the right formula for the United States, but it is a downplay of our system. Uh, that all these people, they pivot. So that back to that pivot and the distraction. What's the advantages of the war machine ramping up in our country? Honestly speaking, and I'm, I'm looking at this from the standpoint of our listeners, what should they be worried about and looking at and thinking about? Why? Because I, a lot of people don't understand this war business. They're not on, they don't believe it's really going to happen. And they really won't believe until it really does happen. I think we take life for granted in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of people fall into that trap. So what's the real danger here? And what should this mean to people when we talk about the war machine ramping up? I mean, I'm, I'm serious. How how serious is it that we should be looking at all of this and those distant drum sounds we hear? Are they real? Do you have any sense looking at this in, even from a historical standpoint? Well, let's take the first question first. Um, what what does it mean? What it, what it, what is the threat to us now? Right. Uh, and the threat is very very serious. It's very real. And the worst thing we can do is not to take it seriously. But that's what we're doing. The other thing that we are seeing happening is the Democrats are moving more and more to a tyrannical position in government telling us what to do, what we can do, what we can't do, where we can go, where, what, if we can't go there, um, and, and uh, taking from us the freedoms that we have always taken for granted. And we're letting it happen little by little. These freedoms are slipping through our fingers. And that's why this coming election is so important and so important to get them out. But the, um, the, the other part of the question is, is this real? Is it, it is very real. You've got, you know, people with with real psychoses running governments uh, in that are tyrannical in nature, um, and and they are calling the shots 
for the rest of the world. So when Putin uh, says he is he's going to use tactical nukes in, in Ukraine, you can better believe it. And if that happens, then how does Europe respond? Because Europe is right next door to these tactical nukes, and they will either be affected in, in, in reality by having to suffer from the after effects of a nuclear attack, or alternatively, they will feel threatened that, it, that they're next. And from our point of view, um, th- we see the same thing coming from China, uh, who they have threatened all kinds of things. Um, they have, uh, in fact, threatened um, uh, to, they, they're threatening with the, the statements that they have the the missiles that can reach the United States. Uh, Iran is doing something different. They're, they threaten terrorism, but it's all real. And that's the thing that I think Americans don't like to face, that there's, there is a real threat out there. And we're so used to our good life here that we don't realize that it's going to knock on our door next. Yeah, yeah, that that is uh, that's a great uh, uh, segue into talking about um, what we'll be spending a good uh, part of the time for the um, uh, program today, friends, on The Voice of a Nation. And the thing I mentioned to you, the the. You know, one of the biggest themes of all of this I've been discussing is uh, the collapse of the Democrat Party uh, as a political uh, party here. Now, when I present this and I say this, and it's not to offend our Democrat brothers and sisters because they're not part of the problem. They're more in the family of Tulsi and they're looking for a new identification a new affiliation, whether whatever it is, whether they become an independent, a, Republic, a Republican, or uh, surely not a communist, we hope. But uh, but I think independents and moderates are surely looking for a home. Uh, and the country, I believe, is ripe for a new birth of uh, political parties. Uh, I, I'd like to see more than a couple, frankly, in our country. I think the power is too centralized with the Democrats and the Republicans. There have been shifts over the years since our founding. Uh, in fact, at one point, it used to be called the uh, Democrat Republican Party, uh, believe it or not. And there was the Whigs Party. And there were a whole lot of different machinations um, um, here of these political parties uh, in the uh, 18th century, if you will. I've been speaking about the fact that I think we're coming to that point again. Now, so the question I pose is, would would the unthinkable happen? Would people in power here in our country uh, pull the lever and make a decision based on political expediency, uh, which is part of the problem of our nation, I think, that we have, as people do this a lot in Washington, they'll they'll make the difficult decisions or do things that serve their self-interest it's the problem with Congress as a whole, people. It's why they all get rich and happy and they sell out uh, be, because that's what happens. And it's not on their salaries. It's based on the fact of all the illegal trading and all the insider information they have. These people become wealthier, uh, beyond wealthy. Uh, it, it's, it's really a cancer in the evil part of we the people that sell our nation out routinely, which again, comes back to the fact we're not sending the right people to Washington to begin with. That's part and parcel of the big problem I share all the time. So I I see this as a moment, and I, I'm wondering a couple of things that I really want to explore more in, 
That is, how much could this Tulsi Gabbard exodus and comments about warmongers and the war machine and the elitist cabal and really calling it out? Uh, I mean, she called it for everything, demonizing the police and hostile to people of faith. And I mean, my God, you couldn't ask for a, I mean, this this sounds like this was at a Republican national convention, for God's sake. You know what I mean? Think about it. She's just coming out of the Democrat tribe. Uh, it's hard to imagine. I mean, you, you wonder how somebody like this got caught into the tribe. I'm just wondering when do more people wake up and, and smell the coffee and begin to see this litany list that she's put out there. Uh, of problems with the Democrats establishment. And you, you have to be sensitive to this now at this point, because I, I find that we we tend to um, alienate our Democrat brothers and sisters and people who really do love our country and more independent thinkers and people that no, realize the Democrat Party has left them, which is really what happened in the case of Tulsi. She says she's leaving the party, but I don't even think that's it. I think the party left her. And I think the party clearly has become very leftist, Marxist. They use words like progressive, but you know how that goes, you know. And that's really what we're experiencing. At the same time, the Republicans don't exactly hold the torch for uh, freedom and liberty either. Uh, you know, they are um, having their own set of problems and uh, they tend to fall in line as well. There's a lot of... Uh, uh, people, uh, thinkers that you reference all, all the time is rhinos and that sort of thing. But there's a lot of neocons in there and a lot of people who think we should be involved in everything in the planet. And uh, that becomes a whole nother problem there. So we want to think about things in these terms. Could, could Tulsi be momentum now for other people to leave the uh, political uh, party there, the establishment, you know? What does, could this vision that I've painted for you over the last couple of years, could it mean that the Democrat Party is really honestly in our lifetime coming to its end and it becomes something else. And I'm actually hoping that we get a couple of parties out of this that I think I'd like to see some movements come off the ground uh, that would change the political landscape in our country uh, in a significant way, just as what's happened back in Abraham Lincoln's day when the Republican Party became a thing. You know, I'd like to see that sort of happen again and shake up the entire system for what it is, you know what I mean? And distribute the power a bit better, you know, and have proper representation for we the people. That's the biggest gift we could have that would come out of this era uh, at this moment of time. So so we want to think about those in those terms, and those are further conversations we'll be having just ahead. But I think it's a unique opportunity that Tulsi Gabbard brings to the table here, to be sure. Uh, the other unique opportunity I want to offer to you today, my friends, is the strategic uh, uh, the partnerships of uh, Cofix RX and Clear. Uh, I mean, these are amazing products. Uh, these are products. Nasal hygiene is what I'm talking to you about here. Nas there's a, if we learned anything through COVID and through that entire episode, it's that nasal hygiene. If we had implemented nasal hygiene early on in the pandemic, if we had offered people vitamin D, some of the basic, simple things, my friends, we would have saved so many lives. Countless lives would have been saved. We never would have needed the vaccines and this rubbish that they were selling the American people for a COVID shot, uh, for a genetic altering, uh, life-minding experience. Wouldn't have needed any of that crap. Uh, that, but this is part of the power of nasal hygiene that I think we now are onto and people are using with great effect. Now, I've seen the benefits of this personally. 
when my wife got COVID for the second time and she was happened to be staying with her mom because her mom had gotten uh, was very ill and gotten uh, out of the hospital. And, and remember, my wife had contracted COVID the second time with her. And I thought, oh, my golly, with her comorbidities and problems. If she gets COVID, your mom, it's it's going to be the end. I mean, she's not going to make it through it. And this is what happened to a lot of people, actually. Well, what happened in this case, I said to her right away, let's get Cofix Rx over there immediately. And we did and got it over there. And I, you know, it was a very difficult decision because uh, my wife was trying to determine, does she stay with her? She needed to help her mom through the chapter or does she, you know, try to protect her by leaving? And, you know, it's one of those life decisions, friends. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Well, I'm here to tell you, through the power of Cofix Rx, it saved her mother's life because, I mean, she was right there in the room with her mother. She had COVID and yet her mother didn't get it. <laughs> now, COVID is one of the most uh, highly contagious diseases when it's in the air, it's airborne, keep in mind. You're not going to get it, you know, more than likely off a doorknob or a tabletop, but it's airborne. And the key is to kill the airborne pathogens. Uh, and if you can't kill them, and you can do that through the other thing I was telling you about yesterday, the Genesis HOCL, the uh, the atomizer, the new uh, device there, but uh, staying on nasal hygiene, not to confuse you. I think that's where the power is right now, because when you use this and you're feeling a little off kilter, not well, and you put the couple of squirts in the left or right in both left and right nostrils, it gets in there. And every eight hours, you want to use that. The nasal hygiene squirted up right up there. A couple pumps, bing, bing, you know, not and spit out as need be. Get that coming out of you. And that's what you want to do here. I mean, it's it's highly, highly, highly effective. It's got povidine iodine in there. So when you're not feeling really well, every eight hours, use that to cofixrx.com. Our listeners get 20% off the cofix, by the way. You've got to use the code out loud is all you have to do. I already click that banner ad back there. Uh, again, that's uh, how you do it here. Cofixrx.com forward slash out loud, or just click the banner ad back at americaoutloud.com. 20% off the Cofix Rx. Do not be without this. Easy travel bottle. Very easy to travel with you. Do whatever you want and use it. For heaven's sake, to so keep your loved ones and family safe, for sure. That's the way to do it. Also, clear, available through any pharmacy, drugstore, all in the country. That one's made with xylitol, by the way. Holly, holly, holly effective, tremendous product. And I highly recommend clear as well. That also, a couple of squirts in the left and right nostril. Same thing, nasal hygiene will also get that out. But this is uh, easy to use on a preventive, pr prophylactically, a clear does an amazing job. Amazing. When you're feeling a little off the, you know, problematic, the povidine iodine and the cofix is really, really good there. So they each have their purpose. And I highly recommend nasal hygiene as a whole to you, my friends. So pick that up for yourself today, your family, loved ones. All that information's back at americaoutloud.com. We have the best partnerships of products and things that will help you out in your life. Uh, and just find them there on the front page or any show post uh, back there, of course, indeed. Um, we will take a quick pause here and we return. Uh, Ilana Friedman will join us back again and we'll continue this talk about the end and point of the uh, political party that's known as the Democrat Party, but the war machine ramping up here in our country. What's really behind it all? We'll see you on the other side here. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android or Alexa. 
While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back to the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm Out here, yours truly. And always a privilege to be with you, my fellow Americans, and to our dear friends around the globe. But I tell you that every day because, well, because I mean it. Uh, without our listeners and our readers and the people who make up the family of America Out Loud, it would not exist. Uh, we, we really were a grassroots movement. That's what this was all about. We are now six and a half years into this experiment. And uh, this coming April will be seven years. Uh, we've been lighting the torch of uh, liberty and justice for all in our attempts to secure our uh, these generations, uh, as we feel our country slipping away. Um, that is the movement and the momentum that is America Out Loud. Uh, so help us share the Out Loud truth back at AmericaOutloud.com. We have a tremendous array of shows and programming, uh, writers, uh, show hosts, uh, just everything, uh, columnists, uh, just amazing people that have found um, America Out Loud to be a magnet a magnet for big thinkers, uh, for people who passionately care about uh, our nation and who care about freedom and liberty and justice, who care about their families and life and humanity and care about all the things that matter. We are at the center of the fight of good and evil. Now, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of the momentum and uh, the conversation we have here. 
on the voice of a nation, to be sure here. So uh, we're talking with Alana Friedman today and uh, about these, uh, I started with these Tulsi Gabbard uh, comments I thought were very fascinating because I've been predicting to you now for years uh, that this could very well happen, the end of the Democrat Party. But I, 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 not like others, I don't come at it as a partisan because I'm not a partisan. I'm, I'm just a person who stands up for our country, our nation, what our framers founded, our constitution, our values, our way of life. Uh, we're pro-life, we're pro-American, we're pro-Christianity, uh, we're pro all the things that they're not. Uh, so that is the difference here, to be sure. Ilana, this um, point in reference I make, uh, two things I want to stay on task here now. Um, the two things I talk about uh, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to wrap your mind around the fact that these things are really happening in our lifetime. I mean, so much is happening around us. We live in some very exciting times. I don't want to, I never try to lose sight of that because within all this uh, uh, chaos and uh, confusion and upheaval that is happening uh, lies some real opportunities. There's some real opportunities to get it right there's some real opportunities to build on God's mission of what this was all about in humanity and what we were supposed to be as a people. There's some real opportunities to uh, to right the wrongs of where humanity is right now. Uh, to do that, and this war machine that is ramping up, uh, you know, this Democrat Party that everybody thinks is steadfast, I'm just wondering why more people haven't blown the whistle on the Democrat Party, like Tulsi just did. And, you know, I played her excerpt up front in the broadcast for everybody to hear her words exactly. And, I mean, it's the strongest uh, rebuke of the party that you could possibly hear. I mean, she doesn't mix her words. Uh, like I said, she will not be invited to the Democrat Christmas Party this year, to be sure. Uh, now, what does this mean for others? Is this a, a very serious question? Is this a moment? Do you think it could be a moment of soul searching for others? Could it create some others to build on this? Because I've been talking about this for some years now that I think we're coming to this point. And I think we're on the verge. And frankly, the part I really I want you to answer that specifically, but here's the real thing. Does this create a point of crisis within the leaders, uh, not not Democrats like we the people down here, who just you and I and others, but I'm talking about the leaders where could this be, if they see the collapse of their trusted party and who they thought they had and what they were, could that be the impetus for them to distract with a motivation of war? As it seems to a lot of people think they're pushing towards something. In fact, Tulsi puts it out there. She calls them a warmonger machine and pushing us closer to nuclear war. Could that be the impetus to push them over the top where they might move on that because they're losing their pants in the process, especially with the midterm election on our doorstep? Do you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm asking? Yeah. And I, I, I have to say that I think the most important thing that Tulsi Gabbard said in her 30-minute video. After making the very strong statements about the Democrat Party, the most important thing she said was, I'm calling on my fellow common-sense, independent-minded Democrats 
to join me in leaving the Democrat, the Democratic Party, she said. This was a real call to battle. Mm. Uh, not not battle with 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 guns and swords, but get battle within the political structure of this country. Mm. What she is asking people to do, and she's talking to moderate Democrats who still exist, and and she was one of them, except she has moved so far away from what they are doing now that she could no longer stand it. And now she's calling on her fellow, former fellow Democrats who were more moderate to join her and leave the party and she doesn't she doesn't describe a path of where she might go with this but to leave the party and do something that is more consistent with the values that they share and i think that this as you suggested may be the beginning of a movement away from what is going on the socialism and the wokeness and all of this awful the mutilation of our children and and all of the things that are going on at the hands of the extremist democrats you know we don't talk about extremist democrats but i don't know anything more extreme than a program that mutilates little children mm. uh, I, and and so i think that this could very well be the beginning of what you've been talking about yeah. for a while which is yeah. the the disintegration of the Democrat Party as yeah. we have known. Thank you. What a beautiful, uh, compelling point you make, man. And thank you uh, for pointing out those words uh, That is because that was lost in all of this. It was a hell of a speech. And like you said, video presentation she put out there. Uh, it is a rallying call. I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. Now, there it is right there. Now, that's some strong words, but it's followed. It's it, it precedes it, there are all of these other comments where, I mean, she called it out like nobody's business. Uh, the wokeness, the radicalization, the white racism, stoken anti-white racism, undermining God freedoms, hostilities to faith and spirituality, demonizing police, protecting criminals, all the things that are happening right now where you have to scratch your head and wonder what the hell is anybody representing the Democrat Party that loves our country in that party still to begin with, because they have absolutely been hijacked and everybody has got to know that they are really the Marxist D party now. They've been taken up. They're communist. They're they're totally evil based on the worst of you mentioned the kids. Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter where you look. Their policies are just there. She calls it an, an elitist cabal. For sure. It's a hell of a lineup. It's it's really uh, it's it's uh, it's uh, eye shattering and uh, just amazing. Just looking at this of what she puts out there. So taking now the war piece of this, Alana, um, here, here's the hard part of this piece. And I'm just wondering here if they realize they're on the verge of really losing, if, if they sense they can't do any trickery to save the midterms, and they believe like they take like a huge bath, like I mean, like a real bath, okay? And they get the sense of that happening. And they feel like they're all their, their internal polls and, and all of the things they're looking at there from their data says, we're losing it, man. We're losing it. And then they know they've got 
you know, Joe Biden in the White House, which he has, I pointed out yesterday, listeners, has already served his usefulness to them. They're now looking for an exit ramp for him, which is why they probably, the reports are they will indict Hunter Biden. And that may be the off ramp for uh, number 46 uh, to get him the hell out of the harm's way. And I talked to listeners extensively about that yesterday. With all that said, Alana, could this now be the moment where the exodus happens, but then do, I mean, think about how these people think, please, historically. Could they, uh, could they maybe engage more with the military conflict, knowing they need a distraction, knowing that that distraction, and we've seen that previously historically with our country, you know that full well, where historically something has transpired and they, they, they pivot to some, are they, are they going to be so desperate if that's happened in the next month that they might pivot and pivot to war back to her warmongers comments or whatever that might be? Is that a distinct possibility? I would say it is a distinct possibility because they're running out of options and they are huh. so used to um, using their, their power, their personal power and influence uh, because some of them have been there for, for decades uh, and and uh, the only you know the the only thing left to them is to create a crisis, and war is certainly a crisis. Now, and the war is brewing around them. I I something happened uh, in the last few weeks that I I think is relevant here. Okay. Uh, there was a conference in Shanghai, and it at that conference. Um, Three states came together, China, Russia, and Iran. Mm -hmm. And they came together and they formed a kind of relationship. Um, the, the Iranian president suggested that cooperation between the three nations, all, have been, all of whom have been subject to U.S. sanctions, will help to create a new power base from which to oppose the Western world order. And he maintained that the West, that's us, has violated the legitimate rights of the countries around the world. Now, these are the three countries, all of them nuclear countries. Yeah. And, and, and yes, Iran is a nuclear country. We don't want to admit it. And uh, we don't want to uh, talk about it. But uh, they are one of the, the three countries and they are, uh, they are equipped with nuclear weapons. Um, this is, um, and, and in fact, the Iranian um, government threatened to turn New York into, quote, hellish ruins. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a threat, again, a nuclear threat against the United States. Yeah. So we have to look at these three countries as merging together in a kind of three-way relationship yeah. That will support nuclear development, nuclear attacks, uh, and basically build a um, a nuclear um, a, a a a a joint enemy against the West. Mm -hmm. And if we do not take this seriously, you know, um, uh, Xi Jinping said China's rise is historically inevitable. And China will no longer be bullied, oppressed, or subjugated by foreign countries. These guys are serious. And, yeah. we, you know, it, you asked me a question at the beginning of the show. Um, is this real? 
it is very real. And if we do not take it seriously, yeah. we're going to be in very big trouble. Well, you're right to point that out. Uh, that that's, uh, that uh, gathering of the three, the new axis of evil we're speaking about here, which is uh, China, Russia, and Iran, uh, is real. And that conversation, and I read it word for word, what transpired at the get the gathering that you just spoke about, Alana, which you put out there perfectly, timely with this conversation. Okay, so that presents sort of, they see a new world order with what happens next. And they're trying to, now, none of these countries are very healthy, mind you. They're not healthy uh, in a lot of different ways with their people. Their pe people are rebelling. Uh, economically, they're having a lot of troubles. Granted, all of that is real, which also makes them a further threat because it puts them at a point of isolation and a point of extremism where they might not hesitate to engage in war and let off a couple of missiles somewhere and then boom. But everything you said is accurate. But if you leave that all right there on the side, Ilana, and you come back again, back to our establishment, which is really what I'm asking here now, if the Democrat Party is at the point of a, of, of a wounded jackass, uh, and they are definitely represent the donkey well, so if they are the wounded jackass that uh, we know them to be, and they're at that point, okay, then might the leaders of the wounded jackass movement uh, begin to do something that is unthinkable uh, and engage with something back to this, we left off to the side here, this other world order of uh, what's happened with China, Russia, and Iran. Could they lead us into a massive conflict, whatever the hell that looks like? Well, you know, you raised something very, very interesting, and I'd like to make a rather unorthodox um, analysis for you, a very short one. I love it. Uh, okay. The the um, um, Democrats are looking at, in panic at what is transpiring in this country. Uh, you, what you mentioned before was that Russia, China, and Iran are all facing internal chaos. And we're going to see more of it rather than less. Um, it's going to, it's getting worse in Iran. It's getting very bad in Russia. There's a tremendous amount of pushback. They've lost over a million people who have left the country mm -hmm. over the past few weeks because of the Ukrainian uh, um, um, uh, draw up of, of soldiers, of reserves. Um, and, and as a result, I would like to draw the parallel between three countries who are facing chaos and possible implosion because of what's going on in their country. The, the, the demonstrations in Iran are growing and they cannot put the, the Iranian government cannot put them down. Right. They are growing and they're getting worse and stronger every day. And, and then we look at the Democrats and the Democrats are facing their own implosion. And Tulsi Gabbard made a very strong point of that when she walked away from the party and invited people to come with her. So I would like to draw the parallel between the Democrat Party and and these three countries that are are being more and more aggressive, even while their own countries are suffering severe chaos in, internally. And what so what happens when that when that occurs, when they are suffering, they are being aggressive, they get more aggressive. And Putin is threatening nuclear, uh, a nuclear attack in in uh, Ukraine, and Russia and China are attack are are suggesting nuclear attacks on the United States. So, what what did it take for the powers to be 
of of the of the Democrat Party here uh, to engage with something, as I say, what would it take? It takes a certain level of panic. And I think they're reaching it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we, we see them d- d- starting to do really crazy things. And, and all of these programs and these 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 woke this wokeness, this racism, all of this stuff shouldn't be part of the of the Democrat platform. But it is. And this is and they are seeing that the that Americans are not responding favorably to it. And they are leaving the party in droves. And this is the kind of panic that could really trigger something dramatic and that could be war. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes in our past, that has been used as a pivot point in politics, Alana. You you know what I'm speaking about here. Uh, yep. It's it's not lost at all on, on this. Um, and we, we stand at this moment again where I just find it ironic right now where Tulsi does what she does. And I wonder what's going to happen with this party now. And it could push it on. But again, the silver lining in all of this is that it could put us into a new uh, landscape of uh, which I really think we're ready for, Lana, uh, here back at home. I think the usefulness of the Democrat Republican stronghold on Washington, D.C. has gone beyond its usefulness, don't you? Yes, I do. And I, I what's interesting is that we have less just about four weeks until the election. Yeah. And I think if the Democrats are going to do something uh, really dramatic, it's going to happen within the next four weeks. That's what I pointed out. That's what I'm wondering. You just said it. I I really fear that we're like an injured animal right now. And then with all this other stuff going on around the world, we're at a very precarious point right now. And you could see some of these people that uh, head up the party could do something, uh, what we would consider very irrational, but they would look at it as a distraction and as a pivot point. And if you look at politics and the way it operates, they always, always look for the pivot point, always. Every, both Republicans and Democrats do it. They look for the pivot point because it's all about saving their own hide at the end of the day and what's going to happen in the next election, Ilana. And if that doesn't happen, then they lose power and prestige with the American people. Right or wrong, right? Oh, absolutely right. And I think it's worse than that because they have a very egocentric uh, approach to governance. Mm-hmm. And they are, you know, if they have to succeed uh in the in the in the elections otherwise they lose everything it's not just their um their power but it's their ability to enrich themselves and and all of it and their ability to manipulate um the the um uh, the the path of america to a more and more extreme position and it's hurting all of us we are all suffering as a result of their egocentrism yeah. Uh, they don't care what happens to us as long as they they succeed. Well, so, we serve the purpose. We serve the purpose yeah. is what it is. Yeah. And and that's what that's what it is. They're using the American people. And, and it really it should irritate everybody because, uh, you know, many of these cats, the you know, the privilege that they have to serve we the people uh, wasn't a blank check for them to destroy the nation. And they're losing uh, the. Um, the, the the beauty and the origins of what our country stands for and what our frame is envisioned of our nation. we got a real cancer growing in our country of evilness uh, within the political landscape. 
And uh, we are electing the worst of us uh, to represent us is a consistent theme I tell you about all the time, my fellow Americans, and it stands to be true here again. And then the uniting of these global elites compared to the other global elites, and we have a full-on uh, globalist uh, takeover happening at the same time here that we're having this crisis back home in our nation. You see the problem here now, people. You see the problem. That's why we've got this 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 uh, 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 real crisis moment happening in our country that is uh, it's a rude awakening for all of us. We have to begin to hope and pray that more people find the path of Tulsi Gabbard. And then we've got to push them out of office and close that down completely as quickly as we can and give others a, a political home, whatever it might be with the, the uprising. Again, I, it doesn't have to be the Republican Party. I'm not married to that by any stretch. I, I, I think it's ready to, I, I'd like to see multiple political parties uh, become to um, begin to take hold in our country. And maybe a new era is birthed from all of this uh, that will get back to the origins of our country, our nation. And that may be the saving grace of all these people. That could be the the golden opportunity of all of this. But a lot of it's going to come down to the warmongers and the machine that Tulsi Gabbard points out. And uh, uh, are we able to stop that off? Or does the machine take hold and get us in a life crisis? Because these people don't care how many people die. If it if it's to the end goal and the cause of the globalist movement and what they're accomplishing, then it's a purpose well served in their eyes, people. They don't care. And I'll, I'll say that it's it's accurate, absolutely accurate. That's why COVID was perfect for them. They don't care how many people die, how many people are murdered, killed. It doesn't matter to these people. They they just use it as a tool to get to where they're going to. That's the crisis we have out of hand here. It's not a pretty picture to paint out, but in every one of these paintings I do for you, there's an opportunity, friends. Don't ever leave here thinking that there's not an opportunity. There is we should all have a jump in our step to realize that we've been blessed and been given this fantastic opportunity of living in the greatest country the world has ever known. We've been given it as a gift from God Almighty, and it's up to us now to take that and to do something with it. And that is a fight that we need to carry on. And uh, and I, I, it's the fight we have here. And I ask you to join us back at America Out Loud to fulfill uh, that our duties, our God-given rights and uh, duties and the opportunities that are before us right now to right the wrongs. Uh, that's where we stand right now, my fellow Americans. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. Always a privilege and tremendous thank you always to our dear friend here, Alana Friedman. Uh, it's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. It's the out loud truth and we need you to get it out there. Uh, we represent free speech and uh, uh, we, we think it's important to have all sides of the debate and the conversation to the table of life and to have those dialogues here. Uh, thank you again for joining me on the mission. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.